Hello and welcome to Open Source Governance. I'm your host Pendar and we're going to listen to the second Open Source Governance public session. This session was recorded on the 19th of February 2017 in Shormama in Rotterdam, the Netherlands. The current session episode you're listening to and the other session episodes to follow are the episodes prior to the episode zero of our podcast. These sessions are uploaded on the podcast for the sake of documentation and also for the sake of transparency and openness of the discussion to the public. You can read the summarized transcript of these sessions and of course learn about and contribute to the project on our website opensourcegovernance.com. Because I, I think it's a party where you have a lot of say. Yeah. Yeah. Because that was, I had the discussion in the cafe and I was like, I I love a lot of your points, but there's a lot of stuff that you just didn't consider. Huh. Like, and then he said, hi. Hi. And uh, uh, then they said like, yeah, well, but you can join and then you can bring it to the table. Yeah. But, you know, I, I haven't yet met the pirate parties from Holland. Um, I only know about this guy, mm-hmm. uh, their food. But uh, I was following up for the last week everything about the, the Iceland story. Yeah. But do you know what's happened? What, you know, what they're also financially with Iceland. So The, the past years? Yeah. With the, what was the bank name? Yeah. iSafe. iSafe, yeah. Yeah. So there was a bank run, and they they just gave a lot of money to people, a lot of uh, loans, and they ran out of, and and also people at the same time took all the money, cash from the ATMs. So they ran out of cash, and that's called a bank run, when they don't have, paper money anymore so it's just numbers in the in the hard drive right mm-hmm. so uh, then in this kind of situations the government backs the banks but it didn't this time so they just let the banks yeah. fall yeah. right so they just fell and then the economy was kind of the GDP went under zero and it was terrible um, I'm a bit confused what happened that the Pirate Party, uh, I mean, was kind of an alternative to the failed government. I mean, I tried to understand it, but it's a bit too much uh, complicated. Well, I think the Pirate Party kind of like offers an alternative where people actually have more access to a democratic way without like referenda and stuff but with mm. other alternatives and that maybe people kind of needed that after the whole like old system letting them down you know? yeah. yeah but you see that in iceland like two big phases uh, started like with the uh, with the ice safe problem 
uh, everything fell and they decided as, as people that they should bring the bankers to court. Mm. It's not like the only country in the world where the, the banks indeed, what you said, were not supported by the state, mm. but they, the people were taken to court. And people uh, uh, thought that was like justice, but then a few years after this, when the Panama Papers uh, uh, came around, came came out, then you also saw that the prime minister there was uh, uh, was in the Panama Papers, like bringing around uh, money and uh, oh sure, and so you see that first there was this 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 impact of the the bank run and the bankruptcy and uh, the imprisonment of the bankers. And then a few years after that, you see another impact with the prime minister. So the system was still not uh, correct. It was still not a justice. And that, that was the moment where the pirate party uh, uh, got more and more votes, yeah. more and more support. Because people thought, like, okay, it, it isn't enough to just uh, uh, bring them to court. But, but we really should change the system at, uh, in general, like, yeah. like radically change the system. Mm-hmm. And then they didn't get the most votes with the real election, so they were on top. And now I think they had 10 seats. Mm. But of course, they have a lot of power to discuss and to bring in uh, reforms. Yeah. And what I heard is like Brigitte told us like they were uh, doing all this stuff like crowdsourcing the new Grundwet. Uh, Constitution, Constitution yeah. Mm. They were crowdsourcing the Constitution. What do you mean crowdsourcing? Like, yeah, yeah, asking source. all the people. Yeah, open source. No, that's exactly what we are yeah, 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 no, doing here. <laughs> should research this because they uh, uh, managed, to, they tried to do this, but the old political yeah. parties didn't support of it. So it's still, it's an, it, it, it is an activist movement and it is there, yeah. but it's not implemented yet. And you oh, see yeah. that there is this clash, this collision, all the time with the old politics and the new like civil rights movements of the yeah. people taking power, uh, wanting to take power. But, you know, it's uh, the, the case of Iceland for me is really, really special because... Uh, mm because of a really few simple things. One of them is the population. Yeah. It's, it's very few people. So, <laughs> but also the nature of Iceland makes the living condition in a way that you are dependent on nature and you are dependent on, on um, extreme interaction with, our, with your neighbor. So yeah. if, you're not a fisher and you only chop trees off, you have to go to the house of that fisher that you know to buy. You know, so it's like, really like old times, what's going on in Iceland. Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, you can go to the market, of course, but because of the extreme weather conditions, you're always more um, uh, uh, exposed to real uh, things Mm -hmm. of life. I understand that. So if if someone's talking about uh, climate thing, people feel and know it because they yeah. uh, are close to it, of the, yeah. or they have a relative. And, and I think that we in Rotterdam, we ha- we think of the climate as uh, with intellect and, and 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 what we know from from stories, but we don't feel it that directly until you're like until you heard, if until you heard the late. story, yeah. if you're yeah. like from um, the the course director of the Piet Swart, Vivian. Mm. 
Well, actually, Rotterdam is always underwater. Yeah. So there's around Rotterdam all these pump systems. And Rotterdam is actually one of the lowest points of Europe. Oh. Yeah. So all the water comes in here. So there's all these systems that constantly pump the water out. Yeah. But when it rains a lot, and somehow they thought the brilliant idea of making a lot of souterrains, mm -hmm. like, you know what it is? Like, uh, like basements. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Like, yeah, souterrains yeah. for like people to sleep. Like a lot of people have their bedroom in the basement. Mm -hmm. And then Vivian had that, because of the water, it all grows, that she had the whole, like, sewage system come up in her bedroom. Oh. So she woke up with, like, in the sewage system, <laughs> with shit and every, like, imagine your bedroom being, like, up until your knees. Yeah. And that's actually, like, pretty real. Yeah. So, so yeah. Rotterdam is, in a way, like, pretty real, but it's just in a... No, managed very well, so we don't really. Yeah, in the Dutch, in general, in the Dutch, the, the the climate control and the weather regulation is mostly out of our sight. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. <laughs> like I, I was walking in Amsterdam yesterday, and I said, I'm tired just of buying from supermarkets all the time. Yeah. It's just Albertine, Dirk, plus that's my life. I have to just these three names, and I, you know, <laughs> I, there's no nature. So like you know you don't you're not in touch with the real life yeah. somehow yeah. because of the nature of the country which is very much artificial in in the Netherlands but in, while in Iceland it's, it's totally the other way but also the population helps the the spread of the ideas more easier because if you're if for example in Reykjavik Reykjavik. If you like do a soapboxing, for example, and stand on a box and start political talk, you're and there's 50 people listening to you. That's already uh, one tenth of <laughs> of the per, one percent of the whole population of that country, yeah. right? <laughs> so, but yeah. in Holland, if it's like you, Again, 50 first people is just like much less. Yeah. So the impact is bigger. Yeah. Yeah. So when you have something to say, yeah, it's heard by more percentage of yeah. the population because of the number of the, the population. Yeah. In general, I hear a lot of like 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 things things for uh, the future which will make it better and understandable is like this. It's like regional. Uh, thinking, and also I saw it in the movie I think from from this open source, like to to also get regional uh, say, mm. and I'm reading a lot of uh, uh, books which talks about transition towns and and giving more power to the towns. And the funny thing is that the Liberal Party in the Netherlands, which is ruling, actually is managing this mm. like decentralization giving power to the uh, city governments and to the, the small things. Only they have, of course, they think it should, it's okay to give them power, but not with support of government. Mm. And that's the difference between the, the liberals and the uh, uh, socialist parties here, mm. is that the socialist parties think, okay, we, we also want it in small groups, but we want it with support of government institutions. Mm. And the liberals do want it without they want just a free market play everywhere. Mm. That's the big uh, difference. But they both want decentralization. Yeah. But yeah. in a different uh, implementation. That's like the core principles of the whole pirate party idea, yeah. right? 
and one metaphor which I also really like is uh, what Slavo Sicek yeah. is saying. He's using a metaphor from Vivo Vendetta a lot. He says like, uh, at a time of fascism, of after a time of, 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 of fascism, there is also uh, the, the uh, attempt by the left mm -hmm. to make a revolution, uh, but they always fail. Uh, same goes for the fascists. All the revolutions, they fail at one time because the people get upset and they want the different mm. uh, thing. But he said, like, Occupy is very cool. You see uh, all the people connecting, but it falls apart because they cannot, cannot make one uh, good alternative. And he uses the, uh, uh, the metaphor from Vivo Vendetta. He says, like, the people come into a revolution and then uh, they manage to get bigger, they get bigger, and they, and they get this revolution on move, mm -hmm. and then they walk to the parliament, and then they're going to take the power in the parliament, and then the movie ends. And he says, I'm, I really want to know what is going to happen the week after this revolution. How are those people going to manage? And I think the same question is uh, very alive for uh, a pirate party or open government standards, or how do you manage to get get the best alternative or how do you structure it so that everybody will uh, get into it and yeah. this is what i like about trump's inauguration speech where he said like the power is not here the power goes back to the people which is <laughs> yeah. in rhetoric a, a very cool thing to say but it's That's not bad. happening it's not happening yeah it's, it's very uh, the dark night <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Power <laughs> I think he gives the perception of power to the people, to the people, and not the real power. No, let's just. And and in general, if you take this this hyperbole further, then there is of course the question uh, when you think about referenda, you uh, give the people, all the people, you give them a, a, a choice between uh, uh, yes or no, hmm. that's not the best referendum. The best referendum is, of course, to say, do you want or more roads or more forests? But that's, yeah. that, that's like alternatives to each other. But the referendum, of course, the, the majority decides. Mm -hmm. And that's a concept that I really think about. What if the majority makes the ruling, where is the minority uh, uh, Power then. Yeah. So that's 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 the one tricky part I see in e-democracy and in a referenda. Yeah. How do you keep the 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 majorities like the the ten percent who voted otherwise? How do you respect them in your new democracy mm -hmm. model? That's the one thing I'm always concerned about, also with the pirate party. Yeah. Well, but I think this is this is something that open source can provide really. Yeah. Because you can have different versions, and they all can work and not conflict each other. Different versions with of the same constitution, mm. right? So you yeah. can you can have like you can go different branches. Yeah. So you can always have everybody who, I mean, yeah, like that. That's the hard thing to think about. That's why we are having all these talks because yeah. because you can't. You can't both open up the borders and close them. <laughs> you have to you know, do either one. Yeah. Um, oh, well, there's there's a whole gray area in between, no? Yeah, but I mean, this is <laughs> this is the way now things work. Like yeah. 
There's a border close the Marushotan. So you know, like the, the, you don't know um, how to deal with with the system that's that's on on working right now. Um, but also with this uh, federal and regional kind of um, legislation was an yeah. effort to to also somehow yeah. pave the way for that to happen. Yeah, but I do think because of course this 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 model, this paradox that I uh, that I was talking about, is quite feels quite dangerous. But I also do think in humanism or that people uh, do tend to love the broader the, the humanity in legislation. Mm. That's that's what I really like about what also the Pirate Party in the Netherlands said. Like Ancilla, they had a discussion somewhere on an internet uh, uh, forum about lobbyism, mm -hmm. and uh, uh, the Pirate Party was saying, "Yeah, we should uh, um, bring lobbyism open. So if a big company is talking with a with a senator or a mini uh, uh, someone from the ministry, mm -hmm. then what they discuss should be open and uh, be able to read. So you know that if uh, this person." Is suddenly bringing legislation. Is this because Shell told her to do this? Yeah. But if you uh, uh, bring it open, then then the other guys are like, yeah, I'm against lobbyism in general, so I should think it should be forbidden. And then the private party said, no, if you forbid it, then you uh, discard also the fact that uh, lobbyism that is quite helpful, like the lobbyists of the gay community or the lobbyists for same sex uh, for abortion or something, those lobbies. Oh. oh, hi. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hi, no worries. Hey, come here. Hi, Pandor. Hello. Hey, but, 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 the, so he, she said, like, if lobbyism is open yeah. and transparent, then the uh, the lobbyism that is good for in the, the humanity will be held or will be respected by the people, mm -hmm. and that will disrupt the general good, will be yeah. uh, opposed mm -hmm. to. Mm -hmm. That is what she thinks, and I think that no, no, this will be uh, opposed to, like, this will bring an angry mob. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So if you see a company saying, yeah, we wish you really, we need to have fossil uh, uh, destruction of the earth more and more, mm -hmm. then the people will get mad. But of course, if uh, people for same-sex marriage do lobbyism, mm -hmm. and you see this in transparent, then people will, I think, like, yeah, that, that's something I support. So I know this lobbyism is good. There's good lobbyism and bad lobbyism. Mm -hmm. So that's why the private party is for transparent lobbyism instead of forbidding lobbyism. Yeah. But it, it's, a, it's a. So so it so in private party there there is lobbyism, but it's kind of transparent. Yeah. So uh -huh. they in, in in the party they they talk about lobbyism as mm -hmm. a concept and they say that everything in lobbyism should be transparent mm -hmm. because they think that if it's transparent then only the good will happen. Yeah. It's and it's of course. Do you want a drink? Maybe yeah. You could also forbid it. You could also say I, like. I I think you know I think this is this is coming from the. Uh, I mean. Everybody in the pirate party, in the end, they want to get rid of the parliament. Yeah. I think <laughs> at the bottom of their heart. But this is also a way to, because because pirate party is working on a way to have more representatives and have more specialist people representing. So it's again the representative system. 
but it's a bit more controlled by the people since people are voting for delegates who are the specialists who are representative uh, in, in, the, in the parliament. But again, in the end, it's the same parliament. It's just more people and more. Um, so I think to have a lobbying, but keeping transparent is a way to also stay at, in the game of uh, not losing the at least those seats that they have, the few seats that are the parties. So, but I think in the end, of course, it's better to not have lobbying in the first place. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, of course, you could say that uh, uh, instead of going in the back rooms uh, uh, talking, you should just leave this to the people, yeah. like get out of press and just bring it into the parliament. I think that's the ideal, but I think the private party right now is still thinking about uh, changing the little things they can, and the radical yeah, is, is harder to reach, I don't know. Shall we do an introduction around? Yeah, yeah. Sure. Uh, so, hi, I'm a 21-year-old law student from India. I study in National Law School, Kolkata, which is on the eastern side of India. Uh -huh. I'm currently an exchange student at the Erasmus School of Law. Mm -hmm. And in, I'm, associate, I'm associated with a political party in India, which is, in a certain sense, similar to the Pirate Party, mm -hmm. which is, I think, doing very well in Denmark. Is Iceland. And the name of the party is Aam Admi Party, which translated from Hindi to English means the common man's party. Mm -hmm. And uh, this party is currently um, um, Aam yeah, means yeah. common, yeah. Admi means man. Oh, then, yeah. This this is the common man's party. Mm -hmm. And it was actually started by a former bureaucrat mm -hmm. who is uh, a tax official. He was completely frustrated with the government. Yeah. And so he put in his early retirement and he said that, okay, if I can't do anything from within the system, mm. let me try and do something from outside the system. Mm. So he started an NGO for some time. And uh, how I think Netherlands has a Freedom of Information Act where you basically mm. uh, keep lobbying, uh, not lobbying, you keep pressurizing government officials to give data and ensure that it's done. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, decisions are made in an open and transparent manner. Mm. So that failed as well. Mm. And then out of all frustration, he started uh, a movement, which in 2011 became the largest movement ever in India, which was actually called the anti-corruption movement. Mm -hmm. And it was considered to be India's second fight for independence. So they were basically mm. lobbying for a strict anti-corruption law. Mm. That didn't go through as well. Then he was like, okay, do uh, everything. I'm going to start a political party. So he started this party, lots of problem. Uh, one of the main motives of me sort of aligning with the party is transparent funding. Mm -hmm. And he managed to do pretty well. And he's currently the chief minister of India's capital, New Delhi. Oh, really? And he's uh, slated to win another state in India, which is Punjab. Mm -hmm. Punjab is in the northwest of India. Yeah. The results of that election are going to be on the 8th of March. And he calls himself an anarchist, which uh, which is not liked too much by the mainstream. How old is he? He's actually pretty young, I think 44 or 45. And uh, he wants to not... Now, I think earlier his main motive was to break down the system. 
But now when he's actually in power, he sort of realized he needs to temper himself. Mm-hmm. And you can't destroy the system even when you're the chief minister of the state. So that's one of the reasons. <laughs> that's <laughs> part, probably also. <laughs> yeah. And it's, this is what got me here, actually. That's nice. Yeah. So that's that. Some some way you you could say that this is the Pirate Party of India, or uh, so I mean they're not. Bit, I mean, how is it different from the way the Pirate Party is working in Europe? Okay, so uh, the little bit that I know about the Pirate Party, it's about uh, a lot of focus on uh, technology mm-hmm. and. Oh, and this is the Pirate Party of Holland. Oh, okay. <laughs> She's the first uh, first person. Okay. <laughs> and. Uh, Uh, I'm not too sure about the agenda. I just know a little bit about like the very uh, keen on certain things of copyright, where yeah, they're yeah. keen on the open access movement, yeah. and they really don't have an agenda beyond that. No. A little bit that I know. So they have this Uppsala Declaration, okay. and it's it's uh, based on three three basic things: is copyright, uh, reforming copyrights, a patent pa- pa- patent. Uh, idea of patents so uh, in medicine in, 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 in industry or whatever and the third one is civil rights and transparency of uh, secure um, uh, secure online life basically uh, but these are quite general so there are other, other things inside of it like decentralization Yeah. yeah, the paradox also in in general is very interesting that they say like the the government and the system should be open mm. and privacy should be closed. So you should you need a, a place of where you don't see uh, what happens uh, to be, give uh, like creativity and 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 new ideas the room to to express themselves and the open government. So this uh, this of course this transparency and privacy. In one thought, yeah. very confusing for a lot of people outside. But uh, I, I really like. I saw an interview in the uh, in a Buddhist magazine, mm-hmm. and uh, the Buddhist movement actually uh, used the Pirate Party in the Netherlands as a sense to their moral values also. Mm-hmm. With of course the, the privacy and the, the the room to think, and the room to see, so openness and cl- and and privacy, which is a very cool in paradox. Also for me as an artist to think about. Yeah. Yeah, so we continue with the round. Yeah, so oh, it's in the round. Yeah. My name is uh, Tommy, Tommy Ventervogel. I'm a, a writer for theater, a theater maker, and um, I also joined now as a, as a point of symbolism the, the uh, Pirate Party, so I'm uh, not in their campaign team and I'm not big inside of the party, but just putting my name out there as an artist. So my main focus will be about uh, 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 copyright issues. So I used to make uh, hip-hop music when I was 12 years old just by sampling live radio. So I, I had no idea if I was sampling some big artist from Universal or something. And just, uh, so I, I'm thinking a lot about, about copyright and me, my things as an artist, as a writer also. Like what I write is of course immaterial goods uh, but there are a lot of patents on thoughts and which is also a very interesting concept how can you patent something that should be open and free like information uh, 
So this is my point, and I like to think about democracy as a, as a politi political force, but I um, tend to also give this more to uh, Ancilla, <laughs> to the leader. I, I like to be in it more as an artist, and I, I know you're also an artist. I, yeah, yeah. I really want to know also what your point of like artist and political activism mm. uh, does with each other. But this is my uh, my my point in the Netherlands. Now. An artist with a, a little bit private party in his support. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, my name is Marlies. I work for MoMA, which is the place where we're in now. I have a background in education and in art. And I've always been very interested of the idea of open source applied to different stuff than software. So I did my thesis about open source uh, art production. And um, I am really interested in, or like not interested, I think it's extremely necessary to have open access to information and have a neutral internet and have a, and I, so that's what I want to, I don't know exactly how, but that's something I want to fight for. So, and, and that applied to government, I think is interesting because I think we're in the intersections of time where it's up to our generation to kind of think of new ways of government or like even like, well, maybe not even government, but also organizations. So I, I've worked always for, I'm not a freelancer ever, I always work within organizations. And those organizations also are very non-transparent and very closed off, uh, exclusive, especially to like people that don't have uh, as free access to culture, for instance. I, uh, so I think it's also like the open source idea is also a thing that could not only be applied to government, but also to the way organizations work. And I think yeah. that's really important. So I'm researching to have an organization that works that way. MoMA is a lost cause because it has been here for 21 years and it's kind of hard to redo it. We are pretty open. We have 30 young people working for us or like we're yeah, within our everything. So they decide also part of the program. And uh, yeah. I'm really interested in one thing. If, if a, a new artist is doing an exhibition here, is this part of the talk with this artist? Like, can we use your work to uh, put it uh, online and available for everybody? Is this who? Yeah. Like, as show your mama, if a new uh, artist is doing an exhibition here, is this a point of the talk also? Like, can we use the data in your art also to bring it in an open source? To like capture? to remix yeah. the stuff. I think that would be really interesting, but it's in a way I'm also also always careful to protect someone's ideas in a way yeah. that I don't know like I don't Only think if as they a, want, yeah ex exactly I, I yeah. Think, don't think as an organization I can decide for an artist if they have to be completely open. No, not to decide, but I I'm interested if you if you have this talk with them. Yeah. No, I actually, well, some like Cartano, for instance, who has yeah. this show, comes up with it himself. So he's like interested in people actively engaging and taking over. So we have this sound system and people are like, there's all the time stuff happening and people can really use it. And But still, that's not really remixed. Yeah, well, it's actually using his installation 
and it gets like fucked up and gets <laughs> like destroyed and people are scratching stuff into the paint that's on the windows and he uh, he kind of, he likes the interaction so actually that kind of you could call that remix or like oh. seeing but uh, it's also an interesting thing about like our, our archive and what we all produced already and, and how that could be more open yeah and, um, yeah I think, uh, well I'm Pendar um, I'm an artist also a visual artist um, and I've been engaged in political kind of art making since I finished my bachelor's in 2011. Uh, so I studied in Iran and uh, before I come to Holland there was this uprising of the people in 2009 that started, you know, I started thinking about the vulnerability of people in front of the government and how can we be giving people more power to, you know, decide for themselves. Uh, so I came to Europe and then I studied here and then I, after a while I realized, well, okay, this is the, the, uh, the, the model that in other countries it was based for, based upon, so the three legislative uh, judiciary and executive branch is based on European one. Also, we have that in Iran. Of course, it's a bit more complicated in Iran with the supreme leader <laughs> and other things. But uh, so I was living in The Hague in 2015 and uh, I was doing a lot of walking because I was distributing flyers. And one day I was thinking, and The Hague is kind of a political city. so. One day I was thinking, why instead of representative system, it's better to have to make maybe mix the idea of open source that works really well with other things in the internet. Mm -hmm. So I, I also saw what everybody else sees when they talk about open sourcing or pirating, or that the representative system is very outdated and it needs to be. Hey. Yes. Hey. Uh, Come. We were just yes. doing a round of introductions. Yeah. Yeah. You were speaking in Dutch? No, 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 no English. 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 Was it first? Yeah. <laughs> no, nothing. This is Ali, a friend of mine from Iran. Hi. Hello. Hello. Hey. He lives in. Uh... Well, let me finish my introduction. Yeah. And then <laughs> it's easier. Yes. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, I, I also search a lot of, of, of how is it possible or did people think about open sourcing the government in the, back, in the past and yes of course they did. We have the pirate parties everywhere, we have all sorts of technicians thinking about it and talking about it but uh, I was thinking maybe instead of it's also nice to slowly make that happen. Of course, it's always better to do, to um, slowly bring up the change. But when the change comes, there needs to be a bl blueprint on yeah, the table indeed. so that you can have an alternative way of organizing stuff and doing things. And that blueprint is not there whatsoever. There's no tool that can replace the current representative system and governing. So 
the aim is to make the blueprint that is functional, that is realistic, and it prevents radical changes to happen. Either it's on, on the right wing, left wing, if it's extremist, if it's fear mongering, if it's too much uh, leftist community <laughs> yeah, ideology, you know, things or whatever. Just just a system that works and is uh, relevant to the way that we live our lives now in 2017 with all the tools that we have with the internet and uh, uh, all, all of these softwares and uh, new notions that run things like blockchain, for example, or virtual money like Bitcoin. So we can just use them. So this is also a new thing for me. I'm not... Uh, I'm learning by doing, and I, I just want to bring about people to talk about it uh, and, and, and somehow document all these sessions in order to make this blueprint more visible. Yeah. Cool. So, have everyone introduced themselves already? Yeah. Yeah, uh, cool. You can have a. You like, can do a really cup quick of one. Tea or something? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Because I just came directly. Coffee or tea? Hmm? You came from Switzerland. Tea, yes. Uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, we could introduce ourselves with only name and. Uh, yeah, maybe. Project. Yeah, just name and also yeah. what your background is. Yeah, 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 okay. Okay. yeah. Sure, I'm Prano. Prado. Prano. Prano, yeah. I'm from India. Yeah, cool. I live in Mumbai. Yeah. I study in a small city called Kolkata, which is in the east of India. Yeah. I'm a law student there. Oh, I lost it. And I'm currently on exchange at the Erasmus School of Law. Oh, nice. Yeah. Doing my master's in international law for six months. My name is Tommy. Tommy. Tommy Ventevogel. Dutch. Don't, don't okay, remember. Okay, yeah. um, and I'm an artist. I'm a writer for theater and write also for new media concepts, but uh, yeah, very broad. And I am uh, uh, number 35 at the Pirate Party in the Netherlands. <laughs> um, oh, wow. I, I gave them my support as an artist. So I'm not uh, in the campaigning team, but of course, when I'm on the list, I can influence the party structure. Um, so, but mainly I'm trying to uh, get my point. Also, what Penda was talking about, like being an artist, but also political active. Mm -hmm. How do I combine this and what am I more or is it one thing? It's a very cool concept for me. Mm -hmm. So that's why. Great. Uh, my name is Marluz. I work for MAMA here yeah. where we are now. Yeah. Uh, I have a background in education, arts and actually also television. I work for television. Right. You've done um, a lot of stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and now, uh, and always like red line throughout my work has been open source interest like in every walk of life um, because I think it's really I think it's actually really ridiculous that the internet is, is not like that we are all looking at cat pictures and not using it to educate mm -hmm. or like have a involvement yes. anywhere exactly because it allows us to do that this is the first time we have this opportunity yeah. to yeah. share resources and information without at any cost, there's no cost mm -hmm. to share information. In the past, there was, uh, like, with any kind of uh, value exchange, there would be some cost involved because you have to deliver something, you have to move somewhere. But with information technology, you could just, uh, in education is a good example, 
Yeah. Well, of course, it's still like there's like uh, it costs like cabling. Yeah, infrastructure. And, like infrastructure yeah. costs yeah. money. But once you have infrastructure, then the rest really shouldn't be an issue. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So I'll tell you about myself. I think <laughs> this panda knows about me already. Uh, I studied electrical engineering back in home in Tehran, um, but. When I was studying, I was doing programming and I was interested in uh, IT technology and things like that. And then I changed my career. Now I know that I changed my career. Then it was a hobby uh, to IT. And I was doing IT, then I moved to Australia three years ago. Then I was only doing IT since then. Uh, so I think that's me. And uh, my interest in this topic is so first of all open source is something that i'm very interested in in general the idea of information and also i'm interested in application of technology to uh, bring change and like fix problems that's also my other passion and uh, also i'm also interested in uh, sociology in general and seeing how society works from a third person point of view just like just amazes me to see how changes happen. Uh, so these two things come together in topics like this. The the other topic that I'm following, uh, have been following recently, is about the monetary systems, which is another thing that should be fixed, as well as the government structure. And they have hands in hand, very tight. The monetary system that we have in place, like the way we have we uh, we deal with money in our societies. Okay. So a lot of issues come from there. Um, and also the government structure, the way, we, yeah. the way we delegate power to smaller group of people. Yeah, yeah so that's me. That's my interest. Cool. <laughs> you, Ali has recently also been in Belgium for this open source? Ah, yeah, so the reason I'm here was basically uh, for a conference uh, here, in, not here in Brussels, uh, which is called FOSTEM. It's good if you know about it. Many, even people in technology, interestingly, they don't know about it. It's the biggest. Uh, Can you spell it? Yeah, F O S D E M, which stands for uh, Free and Open Source Software Developers European Meeting. Mm -hmm. So it's a meeting that uh, European developers in free and open source software, they get together. And it's huge, like 8,000 people. And it's free, it doesn't even require registration. There are amazing talks and amazing people. You just go there for two days, basically. You're just there. And so that's where I came for. And so a lot of technical talks, but there are also uh, conversations and talks more about uh, non-technical aspects of technology. Uh, such as uh, privacy is one of them in different aspects one like hardware yeah. the hardware layer like open source hardware that's what people are talking about uh, networking is the other thing that people are talking about like when you connect to network you should be able to keep uh, yourself anonymous or have control over what uh, who knows who you are and also of course software and uh, other topics like uh, diversity issues that we have in technology mainly. There are not many uh, female 
uh, at least in Western countries, like in, I think India, Iran, it's better. And also age-related things, like younger people are, it's easier for younger people to get to technology companies. As you grow older, it gets harder. That's another issue that they're facing in technology these days. So these are, these are also side topics that they were discussing mm -hmm. in that conference. Nice. So, yeah, before you came here, also a little bit before you came, uh, we talked a lot about um, the history of Iceland uh, changes since 2006 until now. Um, and uh, you know, you know what happened with Iceland? That there was this uh, financial break, uh, bankruptcy, and the, the 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 banks ran out of cash. Yeah. So then, the the government did chose not to buy their debt. So the banks fell, and then the whole government fell. Yeah. Because uh, there is no money. The GDP was just below zero, and that what 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 that led to was the rise of a new idea of pirate parties that was born yeah, in Sweden. Parties, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. So in Sweden it started, but in Iceland it was successful. Yeah. Um, and what by pirate party basically does is that it believes in the multi the the, the more number of representatives, but specialist representatives. So for each issue you this you chose you choose a certain representative yeah and then that become who becomes your delegate and then you you you, you trust them yeah. and then they they do the work the the legislation but if you if they mess up yeah then they will lose your so it's very much also based on reputation system right okay I see and then if they they don't do well they 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 easily be replaced with other person um. Mm. So still, this is the idea of representative system, like the parliament. But it's constant but observation. It's, you always, yeah, you constantly have this authority as yeah. people to replace. But also, also, it really depends, I think, on the structure of the parliament, because like in, like how how the way that the country works, for example. Um, like if you have many parties, it's easier. Like I don't imagine in Iran you can have a pirate party mm. because there's only two parties. Uh, or in, in the states, it's, it's, they have a lot of parties, but only two of them get all the attention, of course. Yeah, the same uh, Australia. Yeah, same yeah. So also we talked. This is that's funny. You talked about the Indian um, example because we talked a lot about the factor of population in Iceland that made it happen. For this change, because I was saying it's like going in a central station and standing on somewhere top top of something and speak for 50 persons, it's already one tenth of the whole pop of one person of the whole population of Iceland. But in India, if you speak to 50 persons, it's it's like zero zero whatever. <laughs> I, I don't know. It's like so there's so so many more people in India. So the the. The, the fact that this guy that you talked about has gained so much success that he's now a minister is overwhelming, I think. Uh, yeah, because uh, because it's very hard to convince all so many people at, uh, and, and, and gain, gain success. I think maybe if you look at it another way, it might be easier. 
because there are many people, people tend to trust their own tribe or locality, you know, the local, the suburb, right? I think that might be like a social phenomenon. So, like for example, when, when you have, a, yeah, like when for example, when you have a product, if you're selling to people, it's hard to promote. But if you're selling to companies, you know where to go, right? There's a list of companies, and you you just do a cold call and you market. Maybe in India, there are influences in every local community, like every small community, every uh, I don't know suburb or tribe, and you just approach them and you talk to them and you convince them. And then all of a sudden you've got 2,000 votes. So people may tend to follow, like for example, maybe in Iceland, in one house, two brothers or three siblings, they all have different opinions. But maybe in India, you get the whole house, right? Maybe. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking. But still, I mean, you really have to be living in India to see how it works. Yeah, yeah I'm because, guessing that... Because one house, okay, still one house compared to one person in Iceland. So you have to, to have say, like 10 houses full of people to compare to one person living in Iceland if it's about population. It's, it's basically as simple as, you know, capturing the sentiment of the people. And it's not so much about one houses or ten houses or two thousand houses. Yeah. If you don't tap into the sentiment of the people, you're not going to win or even mm. consider coming second or third in an election. And I think this is something this guy was able to do. His name was Arvind Kejriwal, mm-hmm. and uh, the symbol for his party was a broom. Mm-hmm. And he said that broom. a broom, yeah, yeah, that vote for my party, and we will uh, swipe out, uh, wipe out all mm-hmm. form of corruption. In, and he, he also in in, uh, in government and he also said that basically people don't care about high ticket corruption what affects them the most is that today I don't want to be if I'm a local street vendor I don't want to be harassed by the police official mm-hmm. if I'm trying to eke out a daily living yeah. and giving basic sustenance to my family I don't want to spend one third of my income on paying a bribe to that guy yeah. And while, I mean, he's still in power, it's been about two years, he's been able to sort of curb this unnecessary everyday corruption that happens at the local and ground level. Mm. And therefore, you know, able to tap into the larger sentiment of the people. Yeah, also that that's that tells something about the, the, the Indian people in general how, how the movements happen like well, do you I, think I, there's I'm, so many, much difference with Dutch people for instance yeah I think I think the engagement in political issues is much more different from country to country like also again for the example of Iceland I saw this video maybe we can watch some of them when we have time and, and so there was this this interview with people ah with the with the prime minister he was talking or uh, I, I was too many things I don't know who it was but <laughs> then at some point one uh, some guy says that we were quite an arrogant nation right so the, he was saying as an Icelander that we are an, uh, we used to be an arrogant nation and of course they are not very international because not many people want to live in Iceland. Uh, I don't see many expats wanting to move to Iceland. Um, so, 
he said after this, the fall of the government and the fall of the money, because when, when your country runs out of money, it's not really uh, something to brag about to like, other people from other countries. So he said, um, after that, we became quite humble mm. compared to before. Mm-hmm. So like this, 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 this um, unengagement of people in the political issues led to such kind of uh, failure in the system. And then afterwards, all of a sudden, people are protesting everywhere for two years in a country that if a cat falls from the tree, that's in the news from place. Right? <laughs> so, so you see that how it changes, like people become involved because they are kind of worried about, hey, this is not, not right. This is not okay that I'm not, I should have a say in this because, mm-hmm. because the person who I thought knows what he's doing is not doesn't know what he's doing so maybe i should go there and tell him what to do and i have a voice and i can't think so i should just you know express my feelings and um this is i think also something else that is happening elsewhere in the in in europe with the rise of the right wing because um yeah trump may be the most hated person at the moment but at some point, he's right. He, he, he's talking about the, the people who are forgotten. You know, people, uh, the forgotten people from the states are the people who voted for Trump. And we should not hate them, but we should just understand that they have been uh, frustrated by the establishment for far too long. Mm-hmm. And they just, uh, they think they're, they're losing so much, but uh, really they're not. But they think they are. So. Uh, I think the engagement of uh, the people really has a lot to say, and this this is I think a big test for the Netherlands for March to see if people what people will do. And uh, I will not be surprised if Geert uh, Wilders wins. Uh, he's he's lowering but, in the polls at the moment. Yeah, well that's good news. But if he even wins, I won't be surprised, and I will be. Uh, I, I won't be sad, and I will say, well, this is now a point where people are going to move on to the next level. So that will always damage brings about uh, uh, experience. Yes, yeah, I think we, there is this idea of accelerationism that you that some people think it's good that Trump got voted because it accelerates a lot of stuff that happens really fast mm. because people are reacting to each other. But what I'm afraid of is that. This is this is nice. Like like you can say like oh it's nice that it's accelerating because then I have we have faster change. But we shouldn't forget like that there's actually people involved that yeah. really suffer from this yeah. acceleration. It's the cost of the transition basically. Yeah yeah. Right. What is the cost? Yeah. Like and should we um, yeah. should we be okay with like who's falling because again it will be uh, weaker. People and I think, yeah. in a way, a government exists to protect the weaker. That's, no, yeah. that's yeah. my idea of. The yeah. Of course, terrible, but when it happens, um, it, it proves a lot of stuff that we, we need to next time, you know, take care of not to happen. So I think, like, if, if for example, uh, again, in the voting for the Rotterdam uh, housing social housing thing. There was this two, two months ago. There was this voting 
uh, referendum that they wanted to make the social housing in the whole city of Rotterdam privatized. Yeah. And I don't think it's nice because then you will have the poor people move out to the rings. So then you have this big shopping center in the middle yeah. and then you just push people out and because their neighborhood is not looking nice. Um, so they, they made this referendum and then people didn't engage enough. Mm-hmm. So there was a, a really low percentage of people uh, involved in the referendum, but from that people, yeah. there was 70% uh, rejecting this plan. Yeah. But still, because it didn't reach the number, it, it right. bounced back to the decision of City Hall, right. and they said, we're going to do it anyways. Right. So that's because the, the party that was in, not in favor of this change, so the left, they didn't compose the question well enough, so people didn't understand it. And also they didn't... It was also a really complicated... Really complicated thing. Like the question, I think there I should think have never been one. a referendum to... Yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of opposed to referendums in the way they work. Yeah. Because they're not like, they're not even legally binding. So it's just like an advisory thing. Yeah, referendums is like, it's a very good example of where it actually failed. It doesn't serve the purpose, right? Yeah. The other referendum that, a famous example that failed was when Australians wanted to get rid of the Queen, right? Mm-hmm. And, uh, when did that happen? A couple of years ago, I don't know exactly the date, but this is what I know from an Australian person that, uh, so the majority of Australians, they don't really want the name of the Queen. It's ridiculous because the Queen has the authority to drop the Prime Minister of Australia at any time without a reason. And it, it, she has done that in the past, I think, past 20 years or so. So they don't want it. And the majority don't want it. But when the day came, they formed the question in a way that you couldn't say, uh, you know, you couldn't say yes. I don't really remember what exactly how they formed the question, but they added, they appended something to it. So it wasn't just simply, do you want the queen or not? It was like, yeah, do you want to get it off queen and also this consequence and then it became a bit doubtful right so that was how they manipulated the question and got what they wanted the same thing probably like the way you say you play with the question and you get what you want there's right? never like a yes or no answer it's not clear right and that's and why it fails so this way it felt so probably in the blueprint thing right so uh, probably there should be a better mechanism to collect info uh, like votes in a referendum yeah so this should be something that should be seen as uh like they should they sh- it, referendums should be defined in a way that these things wouldn't happen yeah in my right? opinion referendums in the Netherlands are, are always about really random stuff there was one that happened two years one one and a half yeah years about practice. ukraine yeah about then... like a handle like a trade um verdrag. Yeah. Like it was about trade with Ukraine and whether we in, wanted in Netherlands. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Whether we wanted to do that and or not anymore. No, no, not as the Netherlands as the European as Union. European so the Netherlands were, were thinking about should we use our veto? Ah so, yeah, right, so, right, 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 I see. But I think the problem uh-huh. there was also that the uh, uh, the trade agreement was too complex because yeah. it was saying uh, what how they sold it to the people was like this is for human rights in Ukraine. But it was actually for economic uh, 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 
influence. Mm -hmm. And this is how the European Union is quite vague and complex. So they want to have free trade and then they pull in some other things about uh, human and then they sell it on this case. But of course, it should also be two different trades. So yeah, people can decide, uh, oh, what is our, uh, uh, our, our dream economical uh, uh, way of standing in the world mm -hmm. and what is our dream on humanity and uh, civil rights issues. But it's, it's, it's too complex. It's too complex to... It's about also these questions you have, like uh, Stellinger, what have you called it in English? Like um, a sentence that says something, for instance, there shouldn't be built more mosques. Yeah. Which is a difficult question yeah. because you could say like no because I'm an Islamophobe or you could yeah. say no because I am against religion in all ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is two different things yeah. because one yeah, comes from like a yeah. xenophobic and the other one okay. comes from like a more atheist point of view. Or yeah. Something. yeah. Same with schooling. Like uh, I'm myself like have a problem with religious schooling, yeah. so I or like religious government. So I think. But that doesn't make like that's not because I don't like Islam or I also don't like. Yeah, I see. I get your point. Yeah. I think uh, what I see here now is that so what you said that was a good example. There are different uh, motivations and reasons that people come to a conclusion, right? But when you when you ask people to give you the end result, it it gets lost along the way, right? You don't know. It's like. When you're asking everyone to come, like let's say everyone has a like a glass and has a color, right? You ask everyone to put it there in one big basket and you mix it up, and at the end it will become it might may become red, but maybe many people have put yellow. You know what I mean? So you never know how it became and know mm -hmm. what actually people wanted. So in this case, for example, in India, people wanted to be able to live their life, right? In the Ukraine case, like everyday people have nothing to do with Ukraine. It's not a yes or no, right? So you need to know what exactly they want, right? You need you need to conduct separate things, untie things, and then another system make the conclusion. I think like getting back to solving problems using technology, instead of uh, one person coming and say, hey, uh, you wanted to have a say, I ask you, right? Yes or no, and then people get confused because people don't yeah. know about your country, yeah. don't know about the economy, people don't know about anything. They have certain opinions. If you ask them a simple question, hey, are you atheist or not? They would say yes or no. If you ask them, hey, do you believe in helping immigrants? They would say yes or no. Simple questions, they have an opinion. But if you give them a complex thing, they can't. So I think one of the solutions could be a system. Yeah. Now, people not... People at this side, not uh, everyday people at that side. A system would break down the problem. Exactly. Yeah. And then you ask people for like a list of questions. Yeah. What do you think about this? Very simple thing that could not be opinionated. I think it needs some psychologist or something to verify this question could not be. Uh, I don't know. It, it's a very simple question. It, it reflects the opinion of the person who is. But, but I know, think I think a lot of these referendums are used as a populistic move. Exactly. Yeah. To to act as if there is like more democracy. Yeah, exactly. Hmm. And but then, they have used it to. Yeah, they, it's totally used always. I, like the whole yeah. Ukraine thing was because of Dumper or Geen so, Who who they they rejected it right? the referendum? 
yeah, the, uh, there was enough people to, to vote and they said no, but the government actually didn't listen and they uh, uh, did it anyway. So this gives a bit of uh, friction. Okay, yeah, that, that's about enforcing, right? Yeah, yeah, and the problem again comes from the fact that it gets back to a human to make the decision and it shouldn't be, right? There should be a system in place where everything is clear. Uh, the the uh, politician says, hey, under this condition, if this and this and that happens, then I will commit to doing this, right? And then you leave it to people and it should be a complicated system. But at the people's end, it should be very simple decisions, right? Yeah. And the system should decide what should happen. Yeah, I think, I think uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think we all agree that this is the question of simplifying a huge pack of a problem by a party that is mismanaging to break down the problem into smaller parts. So, no, but the example, referenda are never about yeah the opinion of the people. Yeah, but, but you're like, like that, that's not the point for them. They just want today, it's, exactly. it's more it's like a yeah it's trade. like a, something to to approve legitimacy. But um, you know when when some things like that, some questions like that that are quite complex are put down to 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 a yes or no question. I think the problem is that. Um, If you like, if you had enough people that were specialists and could break down this big problem into different branches yeah. of smaller problems, then you could see. Okay, you can say, sh shall we from tomorrow stop? Uh, I don't know, making mosques again, like you said. And there's a yes or no question, so you have to choose either one. You just say yes or no. But if 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 um, you take the question to, uh, I don't know, a, a group of specialists or break it down in a way that's more digestible. Then you say, okay, there's a question of construction, there's a question of cost of the mosque, there's mm -hmm. a question of uh, uh, location of these mosques, there's a question of the population. Do we have enough people in that area that do we, we, we build a mosque for or are we just doing that for a symbolism? And it should be, or, yeah, you're right, it should be clear why we make a decision and you should always be able to go back and see why that decision was made because over the course of time like maybe in two years some of the reasons are not valid anymore yeah and then you could easily say hey these two reasons are not valid anymore so this decision is not necessary anymore and then you, you won't need a different referendum you simply could just like uh yeah you can just shut the, the whole thing down by a yes or no question you should just be more diverse in, in formulating your questions so that everybody can be happy because it's like, again, uh, the 49% says no and 51% says yes. 49% is a pretty damn big population mm. of a country. So like with Brexit, it's, yeah. it's, it's just it's so unfair to the yeah. other 50, 49%. <laughs> that they don't want to, they want to stay in Europe. So, so this is a good example, yeah. right? A random is something that doesn't sound like a good uh, system or process or something, yeah. right? Because it has a lot of downfalls. You can't really collect people's opinions and decision-making is still up to the politicians that they can manipulate and things like that. So we should, maybe we could start from here and see 
uh, and from our systems because at the end we want to come with a blueprint or a system, right? Mm -hmm. If we start here, uh, the first question is that how did we end up in a referendum? So running a referendum, you should make certain uh, criteria before you run a referendum. There should be a valid reason for the referendum. Mm. So the system should not necessarily need a referendum. Know what I mean? Oh, so yeah. You can't have yeah. a referendum for each and every issue. Yeah, so... Like if you, but if you take that to the politicians in the UK, they would say, well, this is a big issue, so we'll do the referendum. No, we, we're thinking of our ideal world. That's how I look at this scenario. I think, like, this is, this is the way I think. I think, okay, now, like we've gone to Mars and it's a totally separate thing, different thing, and there's a population and we're designing a perfect system, and which is a system, it doesn't have people involved in decision making, right? And in that system, there are cases that you need a referendum. But what are those cases? What, what makes you need a referendum? So if we define these things, if we see, if we use these examples of how things became so complicated that the existing system could not make the decision and had to delegate to a referendum, right? Mm -hmm. So this could be a homework for us to see and to study these referendums and see, okay, so these are conditions that is required. And then we see, okay, how can we overcome those uh, problems that made governments to run a referendum, to avoid referendums, right? I, I don't think they're, ever, they're always started by the government, though. Mm. I think a lot of referendums in the Netherlands have been started by pushed by people, right? By yeah. people, mm. yeah. Yeah. So that they weren't good, good thing to know. Um, I don't know how this works in other countries, but in the Netherlands, apparently, you can just like collect. Is it autographs? Yeah, you collect autographs a certain amount, and then you give it to the parliament. What I'm really interested in is who defines what the question then is. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Again, there is no system for this. Like this no, is one of the problems of the existing system, the political mm -hmm. system that we have. There is no uh, process defined to define those things. Now, and an interesting thing was about referendum. the referendum about the housing in Rotterdam. Mm -hmm. It was also, uh, it was a political start of it, but they had to use, uh, get, get the people to uh, get autographs. And they had problem because it was about the housing vision. Mm -hmm. And they had a problem with one paragraph, but, which was only about the amount of social housing going away. But the vision was much broader. Mm -hmm. But the uh, critique was mostly about this one element, which was uh, uh, like uh, demolishing more social housing than getting them back. Um, so this was the point they wanted the referendum to be about. Uh, but the referendum then got broader. The referendum was about the entire vision. So a lot of people uh, were doing like polls. This is what I like. This is what I and this. So 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 everybody got an advice. Okay, like eighty percent you like the vision. You only don't like this paragraph. Yeah. So that's uh, that that made the the referendum not that that interesting because the referendum should only be about this one point. It should uh, be clear. So so I think the referendum was was. Uh, 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 there because the people signed it, but the question and and uh, was made by the city city hall mm -hmm. was no we're gonna do it about the entire vision and so they were they were the propaganda machine for how this referendum was given back to the people mm -hmm. and that's I think that's a big problem because if the referendum was only about the amount of social housing only that one issue in the in the big vision I think the engagement will be much more because. Uh, it was very clear. It was very simplified, and it was very direct. So and it also didn't like because this whole 
this whole like Ronvisi, yeah. which is a huge like research paper. Yeah. You should also think about the costs of a referendum. Mm-hmm. It's insanely yeah. expensive. Yeah. Like because it's basically voting, so the whole city is like mm-hmm. being one like it has well, to be secured. It has to be it's super super yeah. expensive, yeah. and also there has been years of work in this plan, which is now demolished because or like no, it goes through actually. Goes through. But if the referendum would have stopped it. With people that are not really well informed. Yeah. Like, yeah. I was like, why, why did you spend all that time and yeah? And why, like, I actually, this is about like also open sourcing and maybe using the internet, which is for a lot of people scary and unsafe, but it's really easy to like code it. Yeah. Actually make it safe. But then there's a lot of young people that are not voting actually because. They don't understand that you have to go all the way to the city hall with a piece of paper that you mm. get in your mailbox. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And they're That's like, yeah. "Sorry, this is so outdated. Like, yeah. why should I go all?" And this sounds ridiculous because, come on, you're also going to the supermarket. You can just go <laughs> around the corner, and it's actually funny to vote in the swimming pool now. <laughs> but, <laughs> but then, like, it would be, and but it would be so much more cheaper. Yeah. To have an online system where you can yeah. also directly get information and yeah, yeah it should yeah. Yeah. it could be uh, uh, cheaper in general a reference. And also you could you could make it more complicated if it's online. You could add three questions for example. Yeah. It wouldn't cost much because yeah. the answers are aggregated automatically. Yeah. Yeah. Because you need... So you take this big big bunch of questions that yeah. is mushed together and then <laughs> you just just like separate it and then this question this question. You can, yeah, you're not obliged to answer all of that, of mm, course, no. if you want, yeah. but you can answer just as many. I don't know. I mean, I don't know how it could work, but what what I see is when uh, what what I what I see when I look at this kind of um, you know this notes is that um, like I see a big block of again as you were talking about colors, like this big block of Lego. Uh, Mm-hmm. Lego, yeah. <laughs> Lego things, yeah. blocks that are forming a shape together, but they are different colors. Mm-hmm. And you can just take each color, put it in, in, in this basket, this mm-hmm. basket, and then this goes to that kind of question, this goes to that question, this kind of question. And that can be, and I mean, if you have, I, I'm thinking maybe if you have a, an open source legislation, you don't need a referendum at all. No. Maybe like you never need a referendum no. because if everybody is voting, every I mean if everybody has access to legislation. That was my point. We should study or, or delegations. If, if delegations. one actually makes you need a referendum, so that's that was exactly my yeah, point. Yeah, but but if everybody is having access to the, to, to editing legislation, then then why don't you need a referendum at all? You, you shouldn't. Yeah, I think maybe in an ideal. Uh, World with a perfect system, you wouldn't need referendums. Can you pass it again? Oh, yeah. No, but the, fun, yeah. the, the thing is, yeah, with right. referendums is almost never. It's it's for the past in the Netherlands. It has been started a lot, like it has been started by media companies or like. I don't know. I I am actually opposed to referendums, <laughs> really a lot. I think it's you're against yeah yeah I think it's dumb I think it costs a lot of money it questions no the whole point of political systems yeah right because if we we put this uh, political system in place so 
the way pe what people want and what is good for people would happen, right? So if the majority of people want something, that should that that will should go through the political system and happen, yeah. right? Or if the majority doesn't know what's good for them, the political system should have the authority to do it anyways. So you, you don't you shouldn't you know what I mean? You shouldn't need to get so something maybe a decision is good for the future of education, but most people don't understand it. If if you ask them, they would say no, give me food, but it's important to invest in their health or education. So you should just invest in their health and education. So that's why people have authorized you some cases, right? If that's why you have that, then you don't need to get back to them. If you're getting back to them, so that's why you're there to reflect their opinion. So the fact that again you need to go back and collect their opinions means that the whole system has failed. And the question is why it happened, how it happened, why there was no system. Uh, so what, why is this system there at all? I think this complicated system. Why do we the, have it at all? If we need that, it's, it's hard. Like for I couldn't imagine. I, I don't. I couldn't imagine how it is to be a politician. But there's <laughs> there's like so many different topics, and I'm just wondering why there are not specialists involved. Yeah. Like. If you would just forget about the whole like representative system and you have people that are specialists in certain fields that have certain says in uh, points, but then like if you're not a specialist at all, then you don't yeah. have any say. That's also kind of difficult. I think, I think uh, involving a specialist in your democ in democracy was initially the point of the Greek. It's what Aristotle mm -hmm. said. Yeah. Right. I want seven smart people that I'm. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you <laughs> yeah. saw uh, the Against Elections infographic by David van Rijbroek, mm -hmm. which is a Dutch, uh, a Belgium. Uh, it's called Against. Against Elections. Maybe we could watch it uh, all together now. It's in uh, in yeah. English in a YouTube video about this system, how the, how the Greek I think thought of this and how democracy evolved. Yeah. Right. And he actually uh, is. Uh, for lottery or, or or well, it's an interesting movie which is very easy to see and it's very short. Sure. Yeah. Okay. I'm sure do that, yeah. What's his name? Uh, David van Rijbroek. Oh, you have to type that. Yeah, I know. <laughs> it's you, so funny because, like, for yeah, me, this yeah, sounds. Yeah, yeah. But if you say like the name of the politician, I'm like, I don't know what. But if you. I thought your name is Karhom. Pranov. Pranov. Yeah. But Am Adami is exactly like in Persian. Yeah. I mean, we don't we don't say Am Adami. Okay. It means something separately. Okay. It means the same. Oh wow! I set up my both my phones. One died on the side. You set up both your phones. Yeah. Next. I really like this, you know, uh, he made some very valid points, uh, like yeah. this, yes. and full screen, I guess, I, I can't see where yeah. I'm at, a double click on the entire, okay, Space bar. And up to the. Automatically get democracy. But is this true? History shows that elections do not always.
ways to create democracies. They can even bring dictators to power. For 3,000 years, humans have been experimenting with democracy. But elections yeah. only entered the game some 200 years ago, with the American and French revolutions. So what was there before? The answer is surprising. Lottery, or sortition, to use the technical term. Here is what Aristotle had to say. The appointment of magistrates by lot is democratical, and the election of them oligarchical, or aristocratic. Of the 7,000 public functions in ancient Athens, only 100 were elected. All the rest were assigned by lot. Even if only free adult men could be drafted, the range of tasks given to them was impressive. The system was based on three principles. If you draft people by lot, you get everyday people in government. If you give them time and information, they find solutions that work. And if you do it often, more and more people get involved. <laughs> this system worked. It increased public trust, it diminished corruption, and it fostered long-term thinking. Sortition was continued in many Renaissance states, ensuring centuries of peace and prosperity. Rousseau and Montesquieu, the great philosophers of the 18th century, agreed with Aristotle. Drafting people by lot was democratic, electing them was aristocratic. Yet why then were elections favoured right after the revolution? The answer is shocking, because those who took power in America and France were against democracy. They feared the rule of the mob. Elections were not introduced to make democracy possible, but to stop democracy. Only very few people could vote, even less could run for office. Elections had to create a new elite, a natural aristocracy as Thomas Jefferson called it. Power had to remain in the hands of a minority. In the 19th and 20th century, more and more people obtained the right to vote and run for office. This was a necessary improvement, but in the 21st century, it's no longer sufficient. Today, many people feel that ticking a box every four or five years is simply not enough. They still don't feel heard. That's why distrust is rising. <laughs> what if people were not only given the right to vote, but also a right to speak? What if we had sortition next to elections? Going back to lottery sounds crazy, but we're using it already every day. We call it opinion polls. The only problem is, polls ask us what we think when we don't think. What if we had a chance to think and discuss with others first? And what if politicians listen then? We urgently need to democratize democracy. We ought to be against elections if democracy is reduced to them. For it's not just about your vote, it's about your voice too. It's interesting because he, he is speaking about uh, 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 you should uh, not feel or you should think, you should talk with others. And he yeah. uses some examples with specialists. So he talks a lot about uh, oh yeah, people initiatives like uh, the, the, the same-sex marriage in Ireland. They got up they, they, through lottery. They got 40 people in a room. Mm. Uh, and they, I think they even paid them, like it was their job for a few months to, uh, uh, to get information and to mm. talk and to discuss. And they had a priest talking, a philosopher talking, uh, an old politician talking, and all, all these people were giving them information. And those 40 people uh, drawn up by lot were then, uh, uh, first they were against the same-sex marriage, uh, uh, and then right. uh, after discussing it and mm. thinking about it, so bringing ratio in, in the thinking, yeah, yeah. Uh, they were actually uh, in favor. Mm -hmm. uh, well, it's quite in, an interesting. 
yeah, it's, it's a really nice thing to think about it historically and how it was uh, yeah. used after the French Revolution. Um, this is actually one of the biggest topics that in the history of this project, Open Source Government, we talked about with other people, with different people. So how to do the actual legislation that was kind of, or how we make sure that people abide by this system. How 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 we how we make sure that people follow the uh, the voting uh, and and engage with it, and how we make sure it doesn't go totally at, at, in a in a disastrous <laughs> way, right? Yeah. Which is also subjective because something that's maybe disastrous to me, maybe YouTube can to anybody, somebody else. Um, so these questions are always um, have been on on the table since the beginning of this, this discussion. Yeah, because but, you can by chance just get a lot of people together yeah. who are all fascists. Yeah. All the fascists in one room. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is what I talked about before, like the majority uh, where do you respect the majority in a majority uh, a poll? Like, so yeah. the question is like maybe being fascist is what it is good for that society. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like if it, this is about also uh, who says what is good or bad and also what is good or bad yeah. and who, who who is there to define. And it gets a bit it's philosophical, like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, I don't want to, yeah. I just came up with an example of what I could say, but I no. think it's been hard. What do you want to say? Yeah. Well, <laughs> now I'm intrigued. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, imagine, <laughs> imagine having a referendum in Israel yeah. about the settlements. I think it has a pretty big chance that it passes, or no, I don't know. Yeah. And then just do that's it. a very good example. Right? Yeah. So. Because, yeah, so because that's society. people are fed up with it. They just wanted to solve it. Okay, here's a chance to solve it. And it's democratic, so let's get on with it, right? Or stop it. Or maybe okay, I'll ask, I'll ask you a question, like rats, right? Rats. Yeah. They live yeah. in a very dirty place, right? Yeah. They're adapted to that dirty place. If you take a rat and put it in a nice, clean place, may die, right? May die. Because it's not for that environment. So, if you want to help rats, what would you do? You want to have it. If you want to help rats, right? You, you are not to define what is good for them or not. Things get adapted to their environment, and then that's where they can live. Another example, like it's a very extreme example. Imagine a, a, like a teenage girl in a very uneducated uh, country town in Afghanistan, right? Where like, they kept uneducated. So, if you take that girl, and you live it in this open society, that has been raised with certain beliefs, right? It, it may not comprehend, it may fail very quickly, right? So the question is, what is good for the society? Who is... Yeah, but it's also with, like, America coming to... Uh, Iran. Where, yeah, countries in, like, saying it's, we're going to bring democracy. <laughs> yeah. Which is... So who is so to arrogant. say? Yeah, who is to say? It's, there might be, in general, maybe for humanity, humanity, maybe, maybe it's better for humanity if hum, human, like people, live in a certain way. But you can't just go to a society and change things because the society has been evolved around that. And also, maybe you don't know. 
made the like the in Western culture there had been a lot of issues that is just coming up right now because of uh, targeting collectivism and being more individual. But there are a lot of issues that we don't have in collective countries, right? So you don't necessarily you can't necessarily say who is what is good or what is bad. You need to let systems evolve, right? But it has to be healthy. So this is what we're trying to uh, facilitate, right? Yeah. Trying to help people decide what's good for them. But that's 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 preparing the grounds, right? Now I I was more talking about the way you do the you know the election, the preparing the ground. Of course, if you want to get uh, to I mean, the question of bad or good is always very subjective. If um, I, I thought I'm the only one that's very um, uh, po positive thinking about the trust in people, but reading this book and also watching all these TED Talks by these Pirate Party people, I realized that, yeah, sure, it's online also. You can, um, uh, I realized that it's... it's uh, we are under underestimating the people, first of all, mm -hmm. in many cases. And uh, if the whole system works through the trust of the people, then the trust of the people also will be the other way around through the system. So, if you, you know what I mean, if if you give the whole power to the people, then they they appreciate it. And then they will engage with it, and they will uh, stop wasting time over other things on social media. And, and so, what in, in this example that you said about Israel? What do you think? What do you think about it? So you, you ask people, and they say, okay, yeah, yeah they have to well, get I, it off everyone. I wanted to I wanted to count the things that the the, the other different measurements that we talked about during the past session. And I just want to know simply like what do you think mm -hmm. about this case. Just I think like it would definitely pass and the settlement. So do you think it's wrong? That's that, not, no, let's assume that yeah. you ask them and they say, okay, you'll be happy to settle here, but we have to get it about other people. Yeah. Let's assume that it happens. Do you okay. think it was a good outcome or it was a bad outcome? Would you try well, to for change me, it? For me, it's a terrible outcome. Yeah, so you would try to change but that system. For, 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 this, for the... Now, would you yeah. try to change that system in a way that it wouldn't happen? You're trying to yeah. uh, like put a system, right? No, Are you we, trying I'm to trying design? to break down the question yeah. so that it doesn't happen like this black and white. Okay, so you right? you think the good system would would not let that happen? Yeah. And I think the good system. I think the good system would be able to uh, to have a, a way that everybody is uh, is living together. <laughs> You know, like everybody, I mean, the minorities will also be satisfied with the results and not only the majorities. So, you know what I mean? If um, if if yeah. a result of an ele election is not in favor of a big number, then that big number also can have their own way of winning. It's not, uh, you know, but, but let me first finish this thought with, um, yeah, with, with the different ways. So one way that we talked about was um, jury duty. It's yeah, kind of, just writing it yeah. down. Yeah, so it's kind of similar to this. Actually, this is yeah. much more brilliant than jury duty. This is nice, and I, it's, it's a bit similar, but yeah. But do you know jury duty? Like in yeah, a, what happens in the U.S. today? Yeah, so so if, if there is a court, then you have as a citizen, it's your you have, you have to go to that court and voice your opinions. 
about I don't know a, a, a case. Yeah. Right. Uh, in a, in a, in a, in, a, in a court. So if you don't, then you have to pay this fine. Um, one thought was that maybe it's a nice idea to have the legislation in a form of jury duty, so that everybody's involved, and yeah. once in a while you get to talk about it. Uh, the other form is the way that the pirate party is currently working, that's based on many delegations, which are specialists. So the ordinary citizen doesn't vote, uh, vote uh, directly, but they choose delegations, and they del those delegations who are also specialists in that special uh, matter, they will do the voting in the, in the, well, let's call it parliament, but I'm sure it's not uh, the way that it used to be, and if it's uh, going to happen. Um, another way was uh, a lot of, uh, so there, uh, in the case of regional legislation was city hall meetings. Mm -hmm. Because people were saying, if you're online, behind your computer, you feel more secure and safe. Therefore, you don't uh, you say something more radical than you would say when you're in front of people, yeah. right? Yeah. So uh, if you're in a city hall talking with 50 people and you have this thought in your mind that you think it's not appropriate to say it in front of all these people, you, you keep it to yourself, or you try to formulate it in a way that is more politically correct, right? But when you're behind your computer, you just, nah, just, you know, say it, and then it's online, it's there, because there's... So no, what's your point on yeah. using it? So, so then there, there's the question of accountability, uh, and people were saying that um, politicians uh, in, in the parliaments, they have accountability, because if they vote for something that's... Uh, that's they can't vote for that. Yeah, they, they have to stand up for it later. And that's an advantage of having a representative rather than leaving it to people. That's what you're saying, right? Yeah, but I mean, yeah, if, if there's too many people uh, voting on, some, on an issue, then the accountability will be taken away because you can't track down each person and why did you vote for this, mm -hmm. right? Um, if, if it's something that you or she should be uh, ashamed of in the future. But uh, you would, you should not, there should not be such a question that would make an impact immediately and is asked from people who would not, who are anonymous, right? There should be a process. So there should be a system, right? Yeah. You should be able to ask people random questions mm -hmm. without like, anonymous question. They should be able to answer easily. And through a process that those answers are collected, then... Uh, those answers will become a factor alongside other factors and the specialists would have a look at them and then through another process, then the decision should be made. Uh, then you have the question of what we talked about before, like between open government and private citizens, that for instance, if you would all be in the city hall meeting and you would vote there mm -hmm. and it would be visible that you voted, I think you will feel accountable, even if there's a hundred people there. You voted for something and then something happened. But this idea, are you talking about like a situation where a decision no, is going I, to I, be made? I'm talking about the critics that may be valid to, this, to the open source legislation. Okay, right, right. That I people see. who would want to criticize it, they would say this, that, hey, then there's no accountability. 
Oh, so it's, it's simple. Like this is like a simple rule. It applies everywhere. Uh, authority comes with responsibility, and the other way around. And responsibility comes with authority. If you tell me, hey, uh, you're responsible for keeping these items safe, but you, I, if you don't give me the key, then I can't take this responsibility because I don't have authority. So in the system, we should always make sure that these things come uh, with each other. If your vote is collected anonymously and in an in a way that doesn't make the person accountable, then the result should not make an impact. You know what I mean? So we should always make sure that in any process that we define, this uh, this is met, this condition is met. Yeah. Uh, yeah. If I can just take the discussion a little uh, away from this question. So you mentioned net neutrality. And uh, if you link this to uh, open source government and people participation in public movements, there's a fascinating example of a movement that happened in India about uh, one and a half years back. It was called uh, Save the Internet Movement. Mm -hmm. So uh, are you all familiar with uh, Facebook and Free Basics? Uh, so what Facebook came up with is that we're going to make the internet in India free, mm -hmm. but we're going to make only five to six websites free. So we'll give you Wikipedia, we'll give you Facebook, we'll give you a couple of news media channels, and we'll make everything available. Uh, now, the major problem with this is net neutrality, right? And something similar happened in Kenya as well. And they did a survey, and they found out that most people thought the internet was Facebook. That there's nothing more to the internet other than these six websites that are available to them. Wow. Uh, now, how the government went about doing this is fascinating. So they came up with a 140-page uh, consultation paper, which was issued by the Telecom Regulatory Authority of India, saying they would like feedback from the people on over-the-top internet services. Uh, mm -hmm. over, the top tele over the top telecom services, which basically means internet. Mm -hmm. And it was phrased in the most complex manner possible. And the only people who responded to it were corporations who were tying up with Facebook mm -hmm. and who yes. were interested in bringing about the so-called free basics in India. Yeah. Now, obviously, India has tremendous number of smart people and they weren't going to let this die down. Mm -hmm. So they came up with an initiative called Save the Internet Foundation, mm -hmm. which basically they are uh, tied up with actually a stand-up comedy group that created mm -hmm. a viral video, which mm -hmm. told them about the nonsense that Facebook was going to do and created a counter campaign, which basically they sent a link to their website. And on the website, they said, if you click on all of this, this will go as a form of feedback from Save the Internet Foundation mm -hmm. directly to the Telecom Regulatory Authority of India. Mm -hmm. So this, I th and I think in all, they got about 200,000 responses, mm -hmm. which is absolutely phenomenal. So this, in my opinion, is a great example of where, uh, when we talk so much about open government or we talk so much about referendum, I think in a developing society like India, uh, it's really too complex. I mean, we can't have referendums on every issue or we can't even have referendums on major issues. What we need is an open and transparent civil society, which is able to, in a certain sense, channelize the sentiment of the people and then convey that sentiment to the, to the government. 
and interestingly enough to counter this save the internet foundation campaign facebook launched the counter campaign where they were encouraging every facebook user to save india by clicking on a link provided by facebook mm. which would link which if they click on this link then their response will go via facebook to the telecom regulatory authority of india where facebook would say look we have 200000 people in favor of free basics against save the internet mm. against people outside of india no only people in india okay so uh, ultimately i mean uh, the telecom regulatory authority of india gave in to public pressure and said that no we're not going to go into free basics but the larger point here is that uh, first one the corporate the corporatization of civil society where if facebook is able to launch a counter campaign uh, because of the corporate control that they have in terms of their advertising budget the control they have with the news media and therefore shape the public agenda what really is going to be the ability of other civil society organizations to counter cyclically shape an alternative public agenda something similar to the referendum question how do you frame the question that generates public sentiment it looks like a good example in software uh, european union uh, asked microsoft to Uh, you know Microsoft ships with Internet Explorer, right, as the browser, right. So when you have Microsoft Windows, you have Internet Explorer, and the majority of people they just want to browse internet, and they have a browser already. So something like Firefox would never have a chance to even be seen as an option. So European Union asked Microsoft to uh, put it as an option for people to choose, so people would know they have a choice. Similar problem here. so those people who are approached by facebook they don't know they have a choice exactly. right and that's an issue that should be fixed like similar to what the european union was asking microsoft it, it was about software people should know they have an option then yes okay it, it comes with this if if it's easy go with it that's your choice right but it has to it has to be a choice so this is something that should be uh, we should make sure that there is it's also also the question of copyright Right, you you're offering Windows from Microsoft, and you already have Internet Explorer installed on it, and it's also a Microsoft product. So you rather install a product that belongs to your company, and you user, you, you already own the 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 the, the, the you know copyright for you as a user. No, no like as a company. As a company. And then you will. Take that to the user. Another company, you mean, like Mozilla? No, no, no. Like I, I am Microsoft. Yeah. And I'm, I, I'm selling Windows. Yeah. And then there's, there's the, so the I, I prefer for people to use Internet Explorer because yeah. I own the. Yeah. Program. Yeah. So when I offer it to the people, that uh, there's, I don't give them any more the choice if they want to look for it. Yeah. I, most of. the parents of my friends and people over 40 that I know they only want to internet explorer not knowing that it's the slowest yeah so this program, is uh, this, this is exactly yeah. what the example is about yeah. just because you own the infrastructure it doesn't mean you could keep people away from knowing what the yeah. option is and this system that we're designing the blueprint for should uh, should make sure should ensure that people know about their options 
Yeah. And a an authority cannot just manipulate people's opinions by not. But then, who, I'm just know. wondering, like in a in a free market mm-hmm. thing. Um, yeah, that's about free market. Exactly. It's about this is a, this is actually really capitalist idea mm. to offer choice, no? Yeah. Because it's, it's about it's, free market. Like if you would yeah. have like a, it's it's the opposite of like oh, having having like a communist. Yeah. Thing, or free software or like the European Union wanted to make sure that browser companies software companies have the chance to compete yeah right but in it's it's fine because Windows have all the operating system they have an advantage which is fine right it makes it harder for others but the problem was that the other they didn't even uh, have the opportunity to compete that was the issue that European Union wanted to yeah, fix why I'm always like it's always confusing me this this like everlasting weird relation between the government and the free market. Like, why is it the government's because, responsibility? Because it had just have... yeah because it just happened because it was a new phenomenon. Information technology, computers, uh, personal computers, all of a sudden became a thing. And within a few years, mm-hmm. everyone had a computer. It was a new phenomenon, right? Yeah. And they found themselves that all. Personal computers are running a, a product of a company, right? So they had to be so careful about what's going on here. And they had this right to interfere, mm-hmm. right? To see what's going on. Okay, this is a product, you're running it. But within your product, it's become an infrastructure now, right? Yeah. yeah. Is like now on top of this infrastructure, there are different products. One of them is a browser. Could other companies provide a browser or not? If they can't, we can't let you run because there's no, there's no room for uh, competition, and this, this is against uh, having a healthy market. Yeah. Because it has just happened. You wake up one morning and you see everyone's running Windows, right? Mm-hmm. If you just go, okay, this is this is what the case is. They won. Then they they will they, there will be no competition and it won't be healthy. So that's. A way to keep it healthy and bring up uh, yeah. more competition. Yeah. That's that's the whole idea. I mean, the, the, with the, with the free software, it's all, always battling these kind of things. As well, yes, exactly. Yeah, like that's, that's what the constant battle is. L- Linux. I I also saved. I made. A, by the way, I made a playlist on the Open Source Government YouTube channel mm-hmm. uh, with a few videos that were helpful to watch. I but, saw the one on Vimeo. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's the one that I made way back ago, but that's the only descriptive. I'm actually trying to make another one, but uh, okay. this is something that I'm doing inside my other stuff. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, let's see if I if, if the project is funded, then I'm gonna <laughs> see to looking at better video. But, but it's always weird, like this, like because if you would have. Total, like if the government, this is like the other way around. So it's not an open source mm-hmm. government, but a government demanding open source software for everyone. Mm-hmm. But then it's always like when stuff is governmental, it becomes really slow. It's not probably the best stuff. That's always what it is. You no, know? like free market kind of accelerates faster because there's money involved. You're talking about this example, this particular example? No, 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 no. I'm just yeah. brainstorming on how it would work. Like yeah. if there would 
because it would be nice if if infrastructure I think my in my political opinion yeah. infrastructure stuff should always be owned by the government in a way because it's really hard to like for instance it should be uh, like or a private company yes that, right. that, yeah. that, that's the executive branch I think executive right. branch should be the staying in the way that it stays also the judi- the you know, so if someone is if some judiciary. something is becomes infrastructure then I mean, it shouldn't no, be yeah. free it shouldn't no, it shouldn't be uh, it shouldn't belong to private sector mm-hmm. the private sector should not be able to control it anymore yeah if something become because then you have the question because so there's as soon pu- public as public uh, uh, things there's public things you can't uh, I think as long as there's a notion of nation, there should be public uh, infrastructure, and that should really be public, so it should belong to all. But there are stuff yeah. that are not infrastructure and they become, for example, yeah, electricity. Yeah, like, like, like uh, mobile uh, networks. Things like that, yeah. At one point, you, you, you see that, hold on a second, everything is built on these things, and if, if they fail, the whole society uh, crashes. So then you should look who is running it, and you may find yeah. two companies. Yeah, that's, that, that's very that's very something to talk about because like for example um like mobile companies like K- kpn here or tele mm. tele what tele or yeah or t-mobile t-mobile yeah so these companies a few i think three years ago they had this complaint to the governments that mm. hey we are making all these antennas yeah. we are putting it there we're spending all this money and you're also using it somehow because you're 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 basing your infrastructure of the banking system of yeah, yeah. the government telecommunication you're relying on that you're basically. yeah you're paying us for the service but you're not paying us for the infrastructure mm. so it's not fair because we are making the infrastructure of a communi- of a very fundamental thing that is the communication uh, in in a whole country or in whole Europe, and we're not being paid for it, so they were kind of they want more money. Right? Yeah, I think so. Of course, I mean it's a company, but but the, somehow they're valid. Like it's kind yeah, but of... it should be the other way around. I think <laughs> the government should have like specialists involved. There's this one woman that I really love called Nelly Cruz, which is from Rotterdam. Mm-hmm. She's in the European Parliament, I think, right? Mm-hmm. And she's uh, very I don't know if she's necessarily a specialist, but she's very involved into like technology. So, for instance, she wanted to have like universal adapters to have like the government control the market and saying you have to all make the same adapter. Like this shit is done. <laughs> um, but Apple it didn't work. No. <laughs> but um, shouldn't the government be in a way like specialized that they can that they know when to enter and it's, say like it gets back to law, right? It's about IP. So these companies are making a good point. We're building infrastructure, we're doing it for free, a few years later you're gonna take over. No, they're not doing it for free. I mean, like for infrastructure, they, they have to do it anyways to be able to sell the service. And what they're saying is that, hey, what we're building is infrastructure. It's not just a tool, right? And you have to pay for it. The answer is yes, government should pay, but then government also should receive the IP. Government should, basically it should tend in this way. Government should contract those companies to build the infrastructure and then get out of the way, right? Just because they're building something, it shouldn't give them authority to make decisions or control or 
manipulate, right? So this is the tricky point. They're building infrastructure and they wanted to build it themselves so they could later, they rent it, they make decisions and they, they have the power to lobby and everything, right? And then they say, hey, but it is too expensive. We want to take more government money, but we, we, want, we still want to keep the control. These two things don't come together. If government is paying, which in this case should pay if it's infrastructure, then those companies should not keep the control anyway, anymore. No, but they the company, like the government is paying, but they're paying for the services just as But the contract should be the contract should be very clear and don't give them control. It should state that this is a contract to build. And after it finishes to, who? to the company? Yeah, the company. There are two companies that are capable of building the uh, yeah. network, right? So the government, the contract, the government say, hey, you come, this is the contract, you build it. And after you build, this belongs to government. Mm. That's what we're dealing with. It's not that government is contributing well, to then your they, system. Then they yeah, but I'm always confused, like I'm not confused, but I, I have just like two sides to me that one is saying like free market is good in a way that it also controls government because the government isn't always right. Mm -hmm. So in that case, but hey, no, we can stop here. Okay. The government should be something that is trusted against the uh, companies. The fact that we're not trusting companies, but we're going back to a uh, private market is like the story of uh, frogs, if, if, if you've heard of it. It's a famous short story. Frogs? Yeah. Frogs were being killed by... Boil. Yeah. The, frog. the frogs were being killed by snakes, then they go to these birds. What, what are they called? Black like The big birds? Um, the one that carry the baby? Yeah. Oh, oh, you fire. I don't know the Dutch word. I don't know the English word. Yeah, so that they, oh, the frogs go to that bed, say, hey, snakes are killing us because they, they can kill the snakes. Then <laughs> they come, okay, we help you. They come and they kill all the snakes and they eat them. And then they go hungry and then they start eating frogs. <laughs> and then the story finishes this way. Then because they're eating frogs, snakes uh, come back too. And then they're both eating frogs. And this is how the story finishes. Uh, frogs are still being killed, and that's fine because that's the destiny. But now they're confused; they don't know they're killed by the enemy or friends. So, in this situation, when we want to control government, but what were the birds eating before then? Hmm? That's what I want snakes to know. Were, <laughs> snakes were eating frogs. Yeah, yeah, but what were the birds eating? They were not just there to eat. Them. They were not. They were, <laughs> they were not. They were, so they were somewhere else. Eating babies. <laughs> <laughs> they were somewhere. <laughs> so when. <laughs> When we get to the point that we need a some something like private companies to keep governments uh, under control or accountable for what they're doing, then we should stop here. We should say, hey, hold on a second. But this is fundamentally wrong. We shouldn't try to solve this because this, this problem should not exist by design. The other the other example is when uh, your governments always lobby. Uh, Corporates, right? Mm -hmm. In Australia, it's terrible because they just they just do stupid things. Like for example, they, they just cut the tax for uh, mining and fossil fuel, right? They cut the tax for it. Why? Just, when all the world is just doing something, they just cut the tax. They they cut the fund for all the innovation and green energy. Literally in Canberra, the capital of Australia, there was a department for green energy stuff. They just fired everyone. Literally, right? So government basically lobbies with corporate. In societies like Australia, they do it very like clear. 
People are wealthy, people really don't care, right? <laughs> but that's, that's true, like 23 million people in a uh, wealthy country, government does that. My point is that when you have a government like this, and then for problems like that, the other problem was when Australian uh, government wants to send military to Iraq, right? All the people of like Melbourne, they said, we don't have anything to do with it, you shouldn't, right? And all the people came to the street, millions of people, right? And government sent it anyways. Right? So in this situation, you see, we're dealing with a government that is just taking care of their own benefit, corporates. So instead of trying to collect, this is how I think, instead of trying to collect signatures and things like that, when I see people who collect signatures, I say, hey, this is not a solution, right? This shouldn't, this problem shouldn't exist. We shouldn't, we shouldn't raise our voice through signatures because we put that person there to protect us against others, we shouldn't try to say, hey, this is obviously wrong, and they should ignore yeah, but, it. But, but then if you don't voice that little, you know, opinion that you have through those, how else do you want to say it? Yeah, that, that yeah, you're talking I mean, about accepting this is the case and what we can no, I mean, I think, understand. I think protests and, and you know, polls and the signature, these things are the least yeah, yeah, tools yeah. That no, no, I'm not, I'm not against them, right? This is a practical thing that we could do right now. Yeah. But if you're talking about like a perfect system, like when you say uh, the, like she's talking about, uh, she's asking, uh, isn't it good to have private companies to control government in general? She's saying, is it, is it, isn't it the idea? I'm saying that it's not the idea. The government, the ideal government should not be. We shouldn't need private sector to control government in an ideal world. No, it's just like, I'm just asking, like, it's not necessarily that is my opinion, but I'm just wondering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, so I'm like, answering to that one. There's this, like... If a government, I, I believe, if a government is truly defined as a government, it's already reflecting people's uh, interests, and it doesn't need to be controlled by private sector. When or by you, money, so to say. Or, yeah, or other things, so like they, side things. When you get to the point that we need to have those mechanisms, as you said, in our society, to have private sector involved, to keep government uh, from corruption and stuff like that, right? But this this shows a deeper problem. This was my point. The fact yeah. that we need this, it shows a problem. In an ideal world, in an ideal government, we wouldn't need to have this because this is obviously against... Uh, to protect ourselves, we're putting someone, the private companies, companies have short-term benefit. Right? They're obviously, they don't care about people and environment. But we got to the point that to protect ourselves against the corruption of government, we have to put companies in the front line. And of course, they join the government. Yeah, and like in the question, for example, of net neutrality, if you, mm -hmm. it's attacked from both sides. Netherlands. If, if you have. Trade deal. Hmm? Trade deal, you said? What net, was neutrality. Like, oh, net neutrality. Like, yeah, yeah, neutral yeah. net neutrality, yeah. Neutral net. It's 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 attacked from both sides because you could have a government, for instance, in Turkey, mm -hmm. who says like Twitter is not accessible yeah. anymore. This is not accessible anymore, which is not neutral. Yeah. And then you have companies saying, I want you, I want Facebook to be your number one news source, mm -hmm. and I offer you free internet, but it's only Facebook internet, which is so it's really bad. Mm. <laughs> but and they have like the whole platformization that people only access it through Google and or through any other like big huge company, yeah. which is yeah. not. The weird thing is that people still seem to see this as 
a website and don't really reflect on the fact that it's like a million dollar, like billion dollar companies. Yeah, it's an actual government for itself. Mm. It has yeah. control to change things. Yeah. Like, actually, Amsterdam is being destroyed by Airbnb, for example. Mm. Like the, the center, yeah, center of Amsterdam is... And there's nothing the local government can do because it's a billion dollar company. Like, mm. Right. Above law, almost. But then, about net neutrality, and then so... How, like... To me, it's just interesting, like, where is this, like, fine line... Yeah, yeah, I understand that, right. ...of, of like, free market, which is, yeah, yeah. in a lot of ways, a yeah. good thing, especially for software, because it, it's somewhere where a lot of stuff is developed, because yeah. money can be this, like, push. Well, you know, but, the... Sorry. Yeah. And government can be a very slow system, but it's, yeah. like, the same in culture, always. Like, yeah. do you want to have art fairs, or do you want to have museums that no. are really slow, in a way? But, yeah. You know, um, something that really we should be careful about using that word is the ideal government, because mm. because this is um, because um, an ideal system does not exist. That's for proof. I mean, uh, all these ism in time in mm. history they prove that that it doesn't exist. Communism, I don't know, <laughs> democratism. So. Uh, I I try to be very careful when I when I'm using that term in an ideal situation. So, uh, but you can be positive, uh, uh, enthusiastic or positive about things that could go in a way that could be more constructive. It's just right? a... uh, but let me finish. Uh, this the thing that um, I think or hope for to happen which is also based on that trust that I talked about with the system to the people and people to the system because of them having control over it more than before um, is that uh, when you have when you have the system going on when you have uh, uh, the legislation for the people then the hope is that the lobbying in total will be a bit it, it changes meaning so because you cannot go door to door to every people and ask them. You can influence them by propaganda, of course, mm. but you cannot. So you don't have you have you don't have only a hundred people to convince to do what you want as a company. Uh, so there is no lobbying. Lobbying changes its meaning. It's, maybe it's still there, but it changes meaning. When? What, what are you talking about? When? If you if you don't have a parliament, mm -hmm. right? So then the I think eventually the companies will be smaller, then, or the the businesses will become more um, uh, more numbers. So then that that might not happen later. So that's something I think uh, that should be discussed with an economic specialist for this this, this kind of. Uh, this kind of specific discussion, but also we we have to slowly conclude to you know to to, to what we talked about in the uh, to maybe get become get closer to the point of designing the blueprint. Maybe I, I think we could give everyone like uh, five minutes.
to say whatever they want to say. Conclusion, or if they have something to say, or if they want to say. How is it? Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> for uh, uh, like final round, getting, of yeah. Getting everyone at for, for getting input to the blueprint. Also. Whatever you want yeah. to say. Yeah. yeah. Whatever it's about, if you want to say something at the end. That's how the table comes. Yeah, yeah. There's yeah, this like, like there's this <laughs> saying always on the end of every meeting. meeting agenda. It says like it's like a like abbreviation <laughs> like W. TTT in Dutch. Yeah, 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 it means like what comes, whatever comes to the table at the end. Yeah, right. <laughs> well, yeah, you can have like a banana latte. I don't know. Yeah, I just like to say some. Yeah, yeah, go for it. Very quickly. Uh, so I, <laughs> yeah, I won't speak for more than two and a half. So, uh, uh, an, an issue very close to my heart is that of copyright and open access. Yeah. And I think that's something that the open government uh, idea and the open government movement should really be focusing on. So what got me interested in this was, I think, about four to five years back, you had this uh, young student from MIT. His name was Aaron Schwartz. Yeah. Mm. And uh, what he was basically doing was uh, he had access to a website called JSTOR. And he was basically downloading thousands of articles from JSTOR, which... Uh, was and he got access to it via the MIT server and putting it out there for free on the internet. Obviously, the big publication houses had a major issue with this. Mm -hmm. And subsequently, FB the FBI also went after him. And he had a lot of personal issues as well. So he ultimately committed suicide. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really a horrible story. Actually. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And uh, Surprisingly, India, despite pressure from the West and the WTO as well, when it comes to education or any material that can be used for education, I can photocopy an entire book for one twentieth the cost because I am photocopying it mm -hmm. and make it accessible to the students of India because I am using, using it for educational purposes. Mm -hmm. Oh, I think that itself is a revolutionary and fascinating concept, mm. uh, which, I mean, if you look at the entire publication industry, if you look at scientific journals, or if you look at any sort of journal, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, if I don't have access via a university, I have to pay 30 to 50 euros to download a 15-page article. What? <laughs> yeah. Something that I'm going to read for half time, I'm going to pay 30 mm. euros to download that. And mm. not even like 5% or 2% of this goes to the author. And this is something that the pirate movement, I believe, is trying mm. to talk about. But I think this is fascinating in terms of what India is doing. Yeah. And if there's a similar movement, which can, you know, if the pirate movement can sort of tap into the sentiments of the people or of the students, yeah. it can be game changer. That's my two and a half minutes. Yeah, uh, what I want to add is uh, a quite small thing, but uh, I think it's uh, related to a lot of things being said. Also being said that there is no ideal system. And I think there is no not one ideal, uh, no democracy. I think it's important to remember in the in the blueprint, in the design, to keep an, a, a, a little spot for uh, uh, for change already. Yeah. Like there is no uh, alternative that will be 
the one thing that will be on for 100 years. But it's important to think, yeah, we will design a new, new thing, but also remember that there will be uh, a change in this maybe after four years. So design in your blueprint that there is the possibility to change. Like a change uh, clausule. Yeah, I think that's an important thing. And, and that's how, and, and the, the important thing to reflect on that change is indeed to make the open source government always trustworthy. So every change should, should uh, uh, be for this, uh, mm -hmm. for this moment, to, mm -hmm. to, to make it a trustworthy organization. Because if indeed the government is trustworthy and uh, for the entire humanity, then we will structure things better because then we will, if, uh, the people will get, uh, uh, respect the government more to take care of systems or to take care of uh, things that the entire humanity will uh, have benefit on. But this is my one uh, cent in to keep, the, the worst thing to do is to be certain Mm. on your new system. I'll fixate it, yeah. Yeah. Mm. But just say, this is the best thing that we can design now. And uh, next year we will think if we can make it even better and even better and even better and not to uh, say that this yeah, is the course. answer. Yeah. And I think it's an important thing to take with us in mm -hmm. the yeah. Really, do you, like um, this artist Grayson Perry from um, the UK has this really um, pretty, he's uh, what, um, Tapestry mm -hmm. for the wall, and it says, "Hold your beliefs slightly." It's, I think that's really <laughs> <laughs> yeah. slightly, lightly, lightly. Hold your beliefs lightly. Yeah, don't take it too seriously. <laughs> yeah, but also like accept that you're an ever-changing. I think it's it sounds like a roomy. Roomy style. Roomy style. Russian philosopher. Persian poet. Yeah. <laughs> He's a philosopher. He's got interesting things. Also, I think Descartes or someone else said, "I will never die for my beliefs because I could simply be wrong." Mm. Similar to that, you shouldn't yeah. really take it yeah. too seriously. Um, yes. Yeah, but what I, I really hope that um, my feeling towards politics lately have it's so much about the person and it's so much about politics and I think politics is actually not that interesting in in the sense that it's Politics is interesting, but the way it's now, it's it's basically populism, mm -hmm. and I really think that's a really bad uh, development and something that is highly produced by the media in a way. Like now, sounds really about the media, but <laughs> it is like, and like I hope that the influence, like yeah, influence, yeah, and yeah. it's like. Uh, it's not, for instance, the whole American one, it wasn't really about their beliefs or what they wanted to do for the country. It was about two people. Mm -hmm. Fears. Yeah. And about who they were. Like, yeah. almost all of the conversations was about yeah. them. Yeah. 
And I think a politician as a person should be very uninteresting. Mm-hmm. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. It should be about yeah. all those details and what you want to do, what your plan. Yeah, it should be about plans and about like. And I think if people are more actively engaged, and that's not something about waiting for people to become engaged, but yeah. to reach out. Yeah. I think that is really important if you want to have like a real democracy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I hope that is that we can think yeah. of a way. <laughs> That's that's just what I wanted to say also because um, I think whatever the outcome of such project can be or if imagining like there is this kind of this yeah whatever the the outcome is it should help in unifying people yeah. and having them empowering them towards choosing for their own future, right? So I think, um, yeah, like, like, huh? like, I think um, well, also one thing that's really important is just like you say, it's, it's, it's about people getting people engaged, but n- uh, not only hoping for it, but also making it inviting, making it interesting, and also um, kind of something that you do not because you need to do, but because you want to do, to, to take part in, in this particular. So then it means uh, going from a nine to five kind of life that we have uh, now at this, this time, and uh, engaging with so many unrealistic this, the, the, I think that you could say it's fair enough to say that people today live an unreal life, that they are not in touch with real things, yeah. issues. They are so much, tap, you know, in, uh, in their own uh, she, she, uh, shells. So, it if this program, if this project helps people uh, looking at each other also and realizing different things other than themselves, then that's already a success. And I think it, uh, th- that brings about engagement automatically if it's a successful design. And if I have more time... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We saved you, Mr. Yeah. So, <laughs> <laughs> I, I really think that this this discussion, first of all, I should say this session today was really interesting, and I think, um, well, I am hoping to, because uh, every time we have different people coming in, and each time there's different discussions, some of them are really also repeated, um, so I think it's it would be nice if we can start a core group that at least stays there for a while or, you know, for a few sessions or for good. Uh, So what I did so far is that I updated the website of the opensourcegovernment.net with a lot of new information. uh, And I wrote them because I applied for for this fund. So I had to write all this stuff, which which cleared so many things. Uh, But now we are documented the audio also with the notes 
Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. I think they're artworks. <laughs> so, so then, then it will, there will be a way to track down what happened before. And I think it's really a collective project, and it, uh, uh, it would help a lot if you are interested in either joining in uh, for forming a core group. Uh, yeah. So, Cool. I'm up for it, but I am also super busy. <laughs> like yeah. I am. Everybody <laughs> is. Yeah. So I I want to talk about a few things that I wanted to say uh, uh, when we're talking, but I just uh, add to what you said about the group and uh, stuff like that. Uh, so I think. Uh, First of all, it should be clear if, if we want this to be sustainable and successful in longer term, uh, it should be clear what it is. Right? It's like running a company, uh, running a community. I've, I've seen different situations when things like that start. Uh, it should be clear what it is. It, it doesn't need to be accurate, like very long. It shouldn't be a catalog. It could be simply two sentences, which could be changed next session. But there should be something. Right? That when people come, hey, read, this is our manifest, this is our, this is what we're doing. Right? It should be clear. Is it, a, is it somewhere that we just talk about things and go, or is it something that we're building something, and every time that we come, we add to it? Right? It should be clear. And uh, about like having a core group, it's good. It's very similar to an open source project when the product is a software. Right. I assume that this is my assumption. We could change it, but I assume that we we're building a product and a product. Can you quickly tell me what what is yeah. the process of making the software? Ah, right. So basically, for open source software, because there's no money involved at the beginning, you're working with volunteers. Yeah. Right. So uh, I talk about two different sides of the spectrum. So one side is that there are four people that really love what they're doing. Yeah. They produce it and others use it. Yeah. Right. They all come and say, ah, oh, that's, that's fun, cool, let's use it. The other side is that when everyone is collaborating and building it together, they're using it and they're collaborating. Right? It can, like, like when you download from BitTorrent. You're downloading and you're uploading as well. Right? The other side is when there's some service that everyone's downloading from but no one's uploading. There is, if you, if you don't have any system, it just leans on the other side when you end up having few people that are doing everything and everyone else is using, right? And simply, not that those people are bad or they leave it, they simply, they may fail, right? A very good example was something, a technical thing that happened last year. It was called, uh, what's it called? Uh, blood, I forgot the name of it. It was a leak, in, it, it was a software bug, right? In one of the core uh, softwares that is in Linux, it had a bug. Right? And because the whole infrastructure of internet is on Linux, the whole thing became vulnerable mm -hmm. for a few days. Right? The problem was that component, that library, was maintained by only two people. And they had simply missed that little bug. And that bug made every system vulnerable, every system on the world, banks, everything. Right? So that's, that's what the problem is. But if you have a system where you could uh, bring people on board without needing them to commit. so. In an ideal world, you won't need a core system that would commit 
you would have people who would say, okay, yeah, I'm happy to give one or two hours, and that's nice, but if they don't, nothing bad would happen. And you could use uh, people's hours here and there, but at the beginning, it's hard. What we should focus when we're doing this is, as well as we forming people, bringing people, and using their time, we should also find a way that we wouldn't need their commitment. It shouldn't need your commitment. There should be a procedure for the meeting that it could be run by, by itself. Yeah. You know, sometimes, so we should also think about that too, right? Yeah. If, you, if you want to keep it... Uh, well, I'm not good in it, I guess. <laughs> but the, the, the good news is that you don't need to invent it. Like it's yeah. it's something that you, you could simply look at the other systems that are happening. Yeah. Annual events are one of them, right? Yeah. You could uh, go and talk to people who organize events, right? After yeah. the first year, the second year is hard, but after that, you just repeat yourself. And if they're well organized, the documents and they don't even need to do anything. Things just happen, right? I've seen people who just show up in the event that they own and they didn't know anything, they just attend because things are systematically done. This is one example. The other example are open source software, the way people collaborate in open source software, working groups. These, these are things that we, we could learn not only for what we're doing, which is open source government, but also for us collaborating. Mm. And this is what I'm learning too when I'm collaborating with other groups. This is something that I'm actively learning and I'm happy to share. But we should be aware that we need something like that. Mm-hmm. And documentation is very important when people attend, mm-hmm. but there should be something that you give to people and they would read something. This is what who we are, this is what we're doing, this is nice if you do this before, something like that. And mm-hmm. then we we uh, we get that documentation. Yeah, because often time. people attend and I, I end up half an hour, 40 minutes just talking methodology like this is this this is open source this is blockchain this is that and like today was quite nice because you all knew what's happening um yeah we could we could have like basics that yeah that's why I put, the met- I put the methodology online so that hmm? you just study that and then you already know the basics it's a bit like a reading group in that when way you know mm-hmm. then when you have a reading group yeah. you come huh? prepared yeah um, yeah tell, tell us more there are things that you have to have read. Yeah, there's like reading groups everywhere about different stuff, and you just you have to just you just there's a set like amount of pages oh, that everyone has read. Everyone has read. Yeah. Yeah. You just agree on it, and it's almost always like freely accessible PDFs that that are sent around mm. or like okay. are available on the website or a drive. Or yeah, yeah, oh, that's good. It's it looks uh, like to me like an assignment. Yeah, just like preparing a document of a list of just a list of things like could be YouTube videos like 10 YouTube videos watch this before you come so we could yeah, start yeah, yeah. from I think that's easy video is the easiest like just watch it so we would know when we does, it, something. It, 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 yeah. like for me reading is easier oh, I, yeah? I'm, I'm a lazy I, I can't like okay so we could do it this way the topics that we should know and these are resources for you there's an article <laughs> for me like there's a video yeah. there's a podcast or something but you should know about the idea of lottery you should know about it because we want to refer to that you should know about the idea of blockchain because we want to refer to that so you could we could prepare that document yeah. and it's nice because you make it inclusive in that way mm-hmm. because you're not only you you're offering people sort of basic set of information so that 
everyone can in a way participate because I think especially in talks like this every opinion is valuable. That is, yeah. Um, if you're like a farmer or you you have a hair dressing salon, whatever, exactly. it it matters. So I think. So what? Why not we do something a crazy idea, right? If you go to university, that lottery system. If you talk to university, you say, hey, we want every session of our our sessions. We want to have five students, random students out of <laughs> thousand, right? And the university make it compulsory. Maybe for politics student, maybe you know, that as part of their study or maybe volunteering. But that's a program you run. You say, hey, we have the list, and every session we just choose five of you, and it's nice if you come or you have to come because your teacher would give you. Four. Or maybe that's extra point if you come, your teacher has given us, and then you would have some sort of lottery as well. What about that? To attend these people. Yeah, to, to, to have people who are totally against whatever we say, because people <laughs> who come here, they already we are already opinionated, right? We don't have a someone who says no, you run, 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 because no, we're being similar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it's a bit like preaching for the choir in a way. Correct. We're just informing yeah. each other. It's nice because I already learned a lot, but it's also kind of like we're kind of similar thinking, right? So we need someone yeah. who is very like Brexity kind of guy who says <laughs> no. Of course, we have to leave. But then and I then, think we shouldn't like invite. It shouldn't be a lottery within students. It should be a lottery within. You know meetup. That would be ideal. Yeah. The meetup. You know meetup. Yeah, meetup.com. Yeah. So this time I didn't use meetups, but if on um, uh, meetup uh, last yeah. time uh, we you we get random people made the event on meetup and we had a lot of nice uh, technical people. But I, I, I want it to be an actual lottery where people are randomly selected. Like university for me was like a very safe, like random place that you could just pick five people. No, but listen, it's it's also hard to to manage it. I mean, ten people, five people is enough. But uh, it's just an idea. You could change yeah. it, like two you, people. You know like what what that's good for? Because there's gonna be annual um, seminars, mm -hmm. and already I talk to people or guest speakers to come and talk. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if, right, yeah. if the seminar happens. Uh, and if they give the fund, then that, that happens, that it becomes a huge event. So then that uh, I, I can like, talk to universities and call them yeah, and say like you can send them. But um, I know what you mean with the diversity of opinions. Mm. Um, I think we just have to look for more propagating the idea of uh, the, this project and also look into different platforms used. Like on Twitter, it's funny. Uh, the Twitter is becoming more active. People are liking on uh, uh, Twitter. Like I, I like the pirate party, and they, uh, they like us back. So that's funny. Uh, <laughs> so. did, did, did they also ask you on a date? <laughs> <laughs> the, the lady. I have no patience for Twitter. No, I don't.